As the holiday season arrives and the year comes to a close, there are a few things left to consider. Are you required to pay employees for time off on a holiday? And what are the overtime and tax implications of a bonus? It's important to make sure you comply with holiday pay and year-end bonus requirements. Welcome to HRpreneur, a small business podcast by ADP. I'm Jim Duffy, a VP in ADP's Small Business Services Division. You work incredibly hard to support your employees and make your business stand out. More than likely, this means you wear lots of hats, and one of those might be an HR professional. We're here to help you get the insight you need to tackle everyday workplace issues. Today, we'll talk about holiday pay and year-end bonus rules with Kristen LaRosa and Merrill Gutterman. Both work as counsel for ADP's Small Business Services. Kristen and Merrill, thanks for joining me in the studio today. Thank you, we're happy to be here, Jim. Yeah, thanks for having us. With the holiday season underway, some employers may be wondering whether they have to give employees time off for certain holidays or extra pay when they work on a holiday. So Kristen, if I may start with you, are employers even required to offer paid holidays at all? So unless they're obligated by a contract or agreement, private employers are generally not required to provide paid holidays to non-exempt employees. Um, But this doesn't mean that you don't have to provide time off for certain holidays depending on your state. So, for example, you have states like Iowa, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Oregon, uh, and they all require employers to provide unpaid time off to veterans on Veterans Day. Uh, And as most of us know, most employers offer paid holidays as a benefit. So if a company offers paid holidays, are there certain holidays they should include? Employers can generally choose which holidays to observe as paid holidays, but Uh, Some states do have laws that restrict certain types of businesses from opening on a holiday. So, for example, states like Maine uh, require certain retailers to close on Easter, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. uh, And a handful of states have similar requirements. All right. So what holidays do employers typically offer? So some of the most common paid holidays in the U.S. are New Year's Day and Memorial Day, the 4th of July, Labor Day, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. And then there are some employers that also provide paid holidays for Martin Luther King Jr. Day, for President's Day, for Columbus Day, and for Veterans Day. I know many people like to take the day before and after a holiday off. I know I'm guilty of that myself. Uh, And for this reason, I imagine unscheduled absences can become a problem around holidays. So how can employers manage this issue? Meryl, let's start with you. Yeah, that's a great question, Jim. Um, Some employers might require non-exempt employees to work the day before and the day after a company holiday in order to receive their holiday pay unless they schedule the time off well in advance. And if that's your policy, make sure you have it in writing and that you're clearly communicating it to your employees. But also keep in mind that this type of policy wouldn't apply to exempt employees because they generally have to receive a set salary each week. Right. Uh, And also employers can try to reduce the number of unscheduled absences by having strict time and attendance policies, which require employees to provide advance notice of the need for time off. And they can impose discipline for failure of the employees to adhere to any specific call-out procedures. Uh, That said, federal and many state laws do require employers to provide reasonable accommodations for an employee's sincerely held religious belief, Um, So this may include providing time off for religious observances that are tied to a particular holiday uh, and any discipline relating to a request for time off under these circumstances could be a problem. All right. So if a non-exempt employee works on a holiday, are they entitled to extra pay? So under federal law, absent any contract or agreement, 
private employers generally are not obligated to pay non-exempt employees a premium for working on a holiday, unless it results, of course, in the employee working more than 40 hours in a work week, in which case they'd be entitled to overtime. Right. But then in some states and also in some industries, premium pay may be required. For example, in Massachusetts, all retailers have to provide one and a half times an employee's regular rate of pay for all hours worked on certain holidays. But absent a requirement, some employers offer premium pay to employees as an incentive to work on a holiday. So what happens if a payday actually falls on the holiday itself? Well, if a scheduled payday falls on a holiday, some states require payment on the previous business day. But unless there's a requirement, employers generally have the option of paying employees on the day before or the day after the holiday. All right. So let's talk about bonuses. Some employers use bonuses to reward and recognize high performers, especially during the holiday season. Kristen, if I may, what exactly qualifies as a bonus? Uh, So that's a great question. Uh, Often... I think when you hear the word bonus, most people automatically think cash. Um, But a bonus doesn't have to be strictly monetary. It can also be non-monetary as well. Uh, So things like gift cards or an extra paid day off or holiday gift basket uh, can serve as somewhat of a bonus um, in a way that it demonstrates your appreciation to your employees. Uh, Some of these bonuses may be considered discretionary, uh, whereas others may be non-discretionary. All right. Having said that, can you please explain the difference between a discretionary and a non-discretionary bonus? I certainly can. Um, So non-discretionary bonuses are generally those announced or promised in advance. So for example, if you tell your employees at the beginning of the year that they'll be entitled to a bonus for meeting certain production goals, uh, that would be considered non-discretionary. If you decide at the end of the year to surprise your employees with a bonus, then that would be considered discretionary. Um, But most bonuses are considered non-discretionary. So, Meryl, if I may ask you, why does it matter even if a bonus is considered discretionary or not? Well, the type of bonus comes into play when you're complying with certain wage and hour laws. For example, if you um, are paying out non-discretionary bonuses, then those would get factored into a non-exempt employee's regular rate of pay when they're calculating overtime. Great. So how should employers determine how much to give? Kristen, if I can direct that to you. Sure. So the amount provided or whether a bonus is even given at all is going to or could depend on factors like company earnings, um, whether the company or employee has achieved certain targets throughout the year. Um, With that said, there's really no widespread formula to use to calculate employee bonuses. Five to 10 percent of an employee's salary may be typical for lower level staff, uh, and then maybe 10 to 20% of salary may be more common for management level employees. But um, like I said, there's no real rule on this matter. And so whatever formula that employers choose, uh, you just want to be sure that the process is going to be fair and that it's free from bias and certainly applied consistently. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So Meryl, uh, how should employers determine who is even eligible to receive a bonus? I think it's important to first determine what your objective is. If it's increased loyalty, you may want to consider a bonus based on an employee's length of service. If it's productivity, you'll want to consider an employee's performance throughout the year. Typically, employers tie performance-based bonuses to specific goals for the employee and or the company. So how should employers communicate eligibility criteria to employees? 
So eligibility is typically communicated as part of the compensation package during the offer stage. Uh, However, it's important to manage your employees' expectations, uh, which means trying to ensure employees don't view the bonus as an entitlement. So what this means is communicating in writing that bonuses are awarded at the company's discretion and that the company may change the terms and conditions of the bonus program at any time or choose to eliminate it entirely. Right. And this is going to be particularly important if your company decides not to offer a bonus one year despite having traditionally provided bonuses in the past. All right. So when they pay bonuses out, how are they typically done? How do they typically pay them out? So employers certainly have options. Uh, One, uh, you can add the bonus pay to the employee's paycheck for the applicable pay period. Uh, Another example uh, or option is that you can provide a bonus check that's separate from the employee's regular paycheck. Got it. So are there any other considerations for employers? Well, many types of bonuses are considered taxable wages. For example, the IRS considers cash or gift cards or similar items that can easily be exchanged for cash as income, regardless of the amount. Though items of nominal value wouldn't be considered income, like a holiday gift basket, for instance. Kristen and Merrill, thank you so much for joining us in the studio today and sharing all this advice. We really do appreciate it. Good to have you here. Thank you. Thanks. I want to thank the ADP Client Appreciation Program for sponsoring today's episode. You can earn free payroll by referring ADP. And if you want to find out more, you can talk to your local ADP sales rep. We also want to thank you for listening to HRpreneur. If you like the show, please give us a five-star review. And for all of the latest episodes, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us.